Untitled Beatles podcast. Why, hello, TJ. Why, hello, Tony. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, are you a Beatles fan? I am. I'm so glad I found you on B-Date, the number one dating side for the Beatles. <laughs> now, B-Date has another connotation if you're into that on your dates. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, What's sometimes the... on a first date, you're into somebody's B. But booty behind rum, oh, body tush body, all those are ZZ Top lyrics. Booty yes. <laughs> yeah. great Beastie Boys tune. You say fuck that, your homes fuck this. I'm the king at when your dick butt kiss. Did the Beastie Boys ever sample ZZ Top? That's a good question. That will put that one out to our listeners. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It is the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony Mendoza. Yeah, and I'm TJ Shanoff, a.k.a. Not Tony. And we're excited about today's episode. This is an episode we've talked about for months. And with producer Casey's help, we found a perfect time to do this episode. I'm really excited, Tony. Yeah, this will be our Juneteenth episode. Yeah. So... Happy Juneteenth to you, TJ. Happy Juneteenth to you, Tony. Now, Juneteenth, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I've known what Juneteenth is all my life. I've only been enlightened about Juneteenth over the last decade or so, right? Which is embarrassing, given that I'm in my late 40s. But let's drop the embarrassment. Uh, yeah. It's cool if you don't know what it is, and it's more cool to learn about it and understand what it signifies. And today we're gonna tie in Juneteenth to the Beatles' unflagging love for black music and how black music influenced the Beatles in ways that are untold 50-plus years later. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so what is Juneteenth? On June 19th, 1865, the headquarters district of Texas in Galveston announced, quote, the people of Texas are informed that in correspondence with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. So that was the day officially, I suppose. And then that fucked up Texas governor recently was like, I don't agree with that. Let's own some libs and get slavery back. That's Texas. Want to buy a gun? Just be four years old. Fuck you. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, man. No, for real. No, it's bad news. So clearly... News was slow to spread. In fact, I'm not sure it's it's reached certain parts of our country still. Uh, obviously, things still remain unequal to this day. But I don't think you and I are going to solve that right here on our Beatles podcast right now. But suffice it to say, in honor of Juneteenth, we're going to shine a light on some of the black music that inspired the Beatles and uh, focus on the original songs that the Beatles made famous and covered and uh, celebrate those. Yeah, and there's so many to choose from. There's obvious ones, there's lesser-known ones. I think we both, for homework, tried to kind of choose some lesser-known ones. And, you know, the Beatles' influence by black music extended all throughout their careers. Right. So, as we've talked about on this show before, uh, when we did our political episode, that was, we lost eight listeners after that political <laughs> episode. And I'm cool with all eight of those jack bags <laughs> never listening to us again. <laughs> How dare you make the Beatles about politics? They're for my enjoyment. All you need is love is about the insurrection of the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, wonderful fucking genius. Um, no one was playing that one. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. Um, give me a break. I sure deserve it. It's time to make it to the. That is one song by a black artist, Nell Carter, yeah. that the Beatles sadly did not cover. 
Um, but, you know, the Beatles, when they toured, they used to share opening bills with black artists. Mm-hmm. They almost didn't perform in Jacksonville because there was a threat that the audience would be segregated. They had it built into one of their contracts in 65 that they would not perform in a, for a segregated audience at, at the Cow Palace in Sacramento, California. So the civil rights movement and black music were part of the Beatles' legacy and still continue to be. Let me give you some John Lennon quotes then, okay? So yeah. Jet Magazine, Chicago, 1972. <laughs> Remember those Jet Magazine commercials that used Jet? <laughs> yeah, that was nice of Paul to kind of like let the royalties go on that. <laughs> he did it for Ebony Magazine too with Ebony and Ivory. Paul was ahead of his time really singing was. about major black publications of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. And they weren't kind of nasty. They were their own thing, man. Uh, <laughs> they were kind of nasty. Kind of nasty. All right, so John Lennon, Jet Magazine, 1972, quote, I was given my body back in the 1950s with black music. I appreciate it, and I'll never stop acknowledging it. Black music is my life. Another one. We didn't sing our own songs in the early days. They weren't good enough. The one thing we always did was to make it known that there was black originals. We loved the music and wanted to spread it in any way we could. And finally... The only white music I ever listened to was Presley and on his early records and he was doing black music. Presley was in Memphis. Obviously, he was listening to the music. I don't blame him for wanting to be that music. I wanted to be that. So speaks to your point, what you were saying earlier. In a lot of these cases, for the artists, the music was in the spirit and they were celebrating it. And the people who were cashing in were the people we never saw wearing the suits behind the scenes. And those were the people that were cashing in on it. That's a great point, Tony. And before we delve into these uh, songs that were made famous before the Beatles, that the Beatles covered, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge uh, and I've said this on this show before in our covers episode, I will f- always believe that uh, without question, the best covers of Beatles songs are by black artists. If you go one to 10 on favorite Beatles covers, you know, Stevie Wonder's We Can Work It Out, um, Al Green doing I Want to Hold Your Hand, uh, Nina Simone's Revolution. There are so many. Uh, and I love her. Smokey Robinson did. Uh, Ray Charles doing yesterday. The list goes on and on and on of black artists who loved the Beatles, were friends with the Beatles, and were inspired by their music. Hey, let's pick a few of our favorite uh, covers then at the end of the episode. I would love to do that. <laughs> Great. Now I got to do what Tony wants. It's my show. Casey, we've talked about it. I do the rundown. Fuck, is this on? Are we live? We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Let's talk about favorite songs that the Beatles loved and covered originally by black artists. You want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, we're going to focus on the obscure. And so I didn't pick anything personally by Chuck Berry or Little Richard, Smokey Robinson, but uh, I did pick some, some deeper cuts. Have you ever actually heard the original Twist and Shout? So I'm not talking about the one by the Isley Brothers. But the first recording of Twist and Shout was by a group out of Detroit called The Top Notes in 1961. And uh, it was produced by Phil Spector. 
man, it doesn't sound anything like what uh, the Isleys and the, the Beatles did. It's a little more um, shambolic. <laughs> it's more like party music to me. Is that the same group that did To Know Her Is To Love Her? Was that that same Phil Spector group or that's a different Phil Spector iteration? I feel like they're both right around that same time. Around the same time, but that was like the teddy bears. Right, you're right. That's what you're thinking, yeah. Teddy gonna care for you. Mama, don't worry, your teddy bear's here. <laughs> Teddy's gonna see. All right, Paul. I don't Listen, it's fine on McCartney, but I wouldn't have put that shit on Let It Be either. Sorry, Glenn Johns. <laughs> this is the story of a boy named Ted. If his mother said, Ted, Ted be good, be good Ted. he would. All right. So I've never heard that original version of Twist and Shout. I thought the Isley Brothers was the original, so I never knew that existed. It's cool. And here's another trivia, and if you don't mind, I'll take two on this now. Take two. The backup vocals were by The Cookies. Now, The Cookies were the ones who did... James. was a Goffin King song, The Husband and Wife. They were white, but the performers, the Cookies, were from Brooklyn. And uh, they did, like, backup singing on Breaking Up is Hard to Do by Neil Sedaka and The Locomotion by Little Ava. Was it Little Ava or Little Eva? I think uh, I actually uh, don't know. Uh, Little Ava was Hitler's wife as a young girl. I think <laughs> Locomotion's Little Eva. <laughs> Come on, baby, do the so that's two from me, TJ. What do you got? Well, I'm going to start with somebody who is like one of the biggest influences on the Beatles that doesn't get talked about enough. And one of the great things about the Beatles Sirius XM channel, uh, we didn't have XM for a very long time. Then when the pandemic was really swinging into full form last spring, we got uh, XM in the car and we have the app at home. They play a lot of this guy as like a Beatle influencer. And that's Arthur Alexander. Arthur yeah. Alexander's songs. There's so many, both that the Beatles did. Uh, certainly the Beatles did Anna. Anna, 
On uh, the Please Please Me record, but they did Soldier of Love. Lay down your and surrender to me. Yeah, on the BBC. On BBC, yeah. Shot of Rhythm and Blues. Where have you been all my life? Now, don't you know I was waiting for you? guy who had these great songs that were kind of steeped in soul maybe a little country soul yeah and you never hear the name arthur alexander mentioned with the soul greats of the late 50s early 60s so uh, the arthur alexander catalog to me you can tell how influenced all the beatles were by that man so many great songs and a lot of them they did in the bbc and at the star club yeah, when that BBC set came out, Soldier of Love, I think, was my favorite out of the bunch. What a great song. There's another great cover by a guy who is not black, but one of my favorite singer-songwriters, who I believe got a raw deal. We've, If you've listened, we've talked about this man a hundred times. A guy named Marshall Crenshaw, who has my favorite non-Beatles song ever written, a tune called Someday, Someway, that he wrote for Robert Gordon for Robert Gordon's comeback. And Marshall Crenshaw on his debut album does a great version of Soldier of Love too. He was in the original cast of Beatlemania. And it was it was a cool choice for that guy to pull Soldier of Love as a cover on his first Warner Brothers debut. It's a nice tune. Indeed. Indeed. Were they trying to sell him as like the American Elvis Costello? Was that kind of his bag in 82 or what? I think he was kind of pitched in between Elvis Costello and, um, you know, kind of a modern day Buddy Holly. Yeah. He had that same kind of look and that same kind of thing. And it was he was a victim of MTV because that was just not a look that would really sell. And he didn't have the punk alternative street cred at the time that Elvis Costello did. But Marshall Crenshaw's debut album, I would hold up with just about anyone's debut of the, the decade of the 80s. Yeah, man. He couldn't compete with that song Dog Police. That came out on the dark police coming out of <laughs> We watch a lot of Paw Patrol around here, so I get it. <laughs> Do you remember Dog Police? It was like only on MTV I or don't. something. I just remember seeing it on MTV. I didn't even have MTV. I was visiting my uncle and he had MTV, and there was this weird video called Dog Police. Dog Police. I don't know that video. I do have an album called Beetle Barkers of dogs, cats, and farm animals singing Beatle songs. I wonder if Dog Police was the same thing in 82 with like Out- Outlandos de Amor and, uh, yeah. you know. R- roof Sand and is that what we're doing? Roof, 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 roof,
Now, I believe we talked about this on uh, our Twitch and Shout show last year, but uh, let's talk about it again. Devil in Her Heart, right? Originally, Devil in His Heart by a very obscure group. In fact, there might only be two songs that this group, the Donnays, did. The uh, Devil in His Heart being the B-side of Bad Boy. And no, not the Larry Williams tune. We'll get to that. Uh, this was written by someone named that bad boy <laughs> R- Ringo's masterpiece. No, but stick around. I got, I do right. have some, I do have some bad boy trivia okay. for you. All right. Can't wait. <laughs> no, this is, uh, written by Richard P. Drapkin. I think that's how you say that. It's spelled like napkin, but with a drap in there, uh, AKA Ricky D that that's easier to do. And, uh, the group was called the Don A's 1962. They were from Hamtramck in Michigan. That's that Detroit area. Uh, it's its own thing, but it's like in the middle of Detroit. Now it's like one of the most like middle Eastern populated places in the United States. I got a chance to play there a couple years ago. It was great. Anyway, the Don A's were from there. They only recorded these two songs and somehow perhaps George got his hands on this. You know, he visited his, uh, was it his cousin or something or his aunt in uh his sister, right? A be- oh, Louise Harrison okay. was the proverbial beetle in Benton. Right. Not the right. beetle in Benson. That would have been Robert Guillaume. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're talking of Benton, Illinois, the small town in Southern Illinois. He, he came out before the Beatles, you know, did Sullivan and all that just a few months before. And that's where George got his hands on some of these records, one of which could have been this Don A's song. Who knows? But the original is called Devil in His Heart. It's pretty fun. Very obscure. Tony, one of my favorite original Beatles songs they covered, the major sevens in that song are so thick and they just ring. The guitar almost feels hypnotic. I love the way the song's recorded and, and but his eyes, they tantalize. The major sevens are more pronounced because of the key it's in compared to the Beatles version. I only discovered this maybe 10 years ago or so, and I love the original version by the Donnays. It's great. Totally. Yeah, I really like the vocals. They're more uh, in your face and fun. It's cool. It's cool. 
So here's another one that I think is because of the footage at the cavern, one of the most important early Beatles songs. And this is one that was never released as an official recorded song. It's on um, live at the BBC. And of course, Mm -hmm. there's the cavern video. And that's Some Other Guy by a guy named Richie Barrett. Some other guy now has taken my love. written by i think lieber and stoller with richie barrett all three have a credit on that yep some other guys so interesting because it's a few years after ray charles did what i'd say but it's kind of got that same kind of keyboard riff to it and the same kind of gait and feel and even though the beatles version is much different they must have loved this song i read something i forgot where i read this but paul mccartney talks about i think it was for granada television when they shot at the cavern that document of that early time before they totally exploded. And that's a way that some other guy lives in infamy in Beatles lore. It's a great tune. And on the original, Richie Barrett kind of shum out a guy now, him out of love. Either, either his retainer's in or he's doing a cool kind of vocal affectation. But it's a great tune. And much like um, Ray, it's on Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. Shend her back to me, right? totally no i love this version yeah it features an electric piano which was kind of like you know unique for its time it was like whoa that's interesting and then the organ solo in the middle is really fun yeah it's like gliss city man there are so many glisses going on in that glissando Gliss City in the 70s, that ill-fated chain of organ-themed restaurants <laughs> with uh, Dr. Teeth was the spokesperson. <laughs> yeah. Can you picture that? They put Sally Stage out of business. Sally Stage! <laughs> yes! Oh, boy. If you are from the Chicagoland area and are over 46, you know that reference. If you're not, we very much apologize. <laughs> Sally Stage is where I saw my first mechanical bull. And uh, yeah, I had my like sixth birthday party there. Dude, I had a birthday party there too. Really? It was like a disco joint. Yeah. And um, there's a picture of me wearing like a like a Herb Tarlick sport coat as a five or six year old. My parents used to joke that because of the strobe lights, all the kids were banging their faces into the mirrors. <laughs> like it was like just a, it was like it was a cocaine party for kids in the seventies. <laughs> My parents didn't do coke, but I think everybody at Sally Stage did. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sally Stage. We're very proud to present the one and only. Alley Cats. This is a scene at least three times a week when the Alley Cats appear at Sally Stage restaurants in Chicago and Lombard. I do love some other guy. It's perhaps my one of my top five favorite Beatle covers. Uh, 
uh, Richie Barrett was from Philly and he was also a producer. And uh, yeah, yeah. To me, he sounds like double tracked Ray Charles. There's something going on with that voice. It's, it's a great tune for sure. It's a great one. Well, you know, I mentioned Bad Boy earlier. Uh, let's talk about the Larry Williams version. Uh, recorded in Hollyweird, California, August 14th, 1958. They did a few of his songs, right? They did Bad Boy. A bad little kid moving to my neighborhood. He's a bad boy. They did Slow Down. Come on, pretty baby, won't you walk with me? Come on, pretty baby, won't you talk with me? Come on, pretty baby, I'll give you one more chance. Dizzy Miss Lizzie may be the most famous of the Beatles covers of Larry Williams. You make me dizzy, Miss Lizzie. The way you rock and roll. You make me dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. When we do the stroll. Come on, Miss Lizzie. Let me for a pro to Indeed, yeah. And I, I believe a few of them were recorded on the same night. If not all, I forget. I know at least two of them were recorded on the same night. They called it Larry Williams Night there in the studio at Abbey Road there. I love when they would do that at Philadelphia Eagles games. They'd have Larry Williams Night every time they'd play the Cowboys. And people were murdered. Oh, Eagles fans. <laughs> By the way, Randall Cunningham, former Eagle quarterback, I washed his golf clubs once and he gave me $10. Was that a good tip or a cheap tip at the time? That was a good tip at the time. At that time, five was considered good. One to two was considered adequate, and zero was Joe Piscopo. Well, the original version of Bad Boy by Larry Williams, it has more of like a novelty feel to it. You know, those kind of like novelty records, like kind of like um, the Champs did with um, tequila and all that. It's not quite like that, but it has that vibe to me. Gonna tell your mama, you better do what she said. Bad boy. Go to the farmer shop and get that haircut off your head. Behave yourself. And then the B-side was a song called She Said Yeah, which the animals covered. Yeah, and one that Paul McCartney actually covered on his Run Devil Run album in 99. So full circle with that shit. Nice, nice. All right, well, what do you got? There's a couple covers they did that are on the Star Club record that are by black artists, one of which made its way onto a formal Beatles record, Beatles for Sale. And that one, of course, is uh, Mr. Moonlight, which is originally by Dr. Feelgood, and that kind of had a novelty type of feel to it as well. Mr. Moonlight, Mr. Moonlight, come again, please. Here I am on my knees, begging you to please. 
as you know, TJ, I am a Mr. Moonlight fan. I've always been a Mr. Moonlight defender. And I quite like this original, this Dr. Feelgood and the interns version came out in 1962. They were from Atlanta and it was actually sung not by Dr. Feelgood. This was sung by the guitarist who composed the song, Roy Lee Johnson. This was actually the B-side to the minor hit, Dr. Feelgood. So Mr. Moonlight on the flip, Dr. Feelgood on the uh, the plug side, as they used to call it. And the Beatles used to actually open their shows with this song. I just learned that. And it was because it has such a dramatic, attention-grabbing vocal intro. You know, it kind of commands the audience's attention when someone starts off with that note. I think on, is it Anthology 2, maybe Anthology 1, where you hear John trying the intro and then just messing it up and bailing on it right away laughing? It's such a funny moment. Mr. Moonlight. Oh, stop. Nearly. Yes, not bad, that one. That's one of those humanizing moments. That's one of those like, oh, yeah, the Beatles were human, you know, as much as we like to turn them into these like greater thans. They were human. Mr. Moonlight is just one of those great tunes that a lot of Beatle fans think is ridiculous. I actually love the version on the Star Club record. But the other novelty song that they do by a black artist on the um, Star Club record is a, a Fat Swaller cover called Your Feet's Too Big that Paul sings. And that song was already many years old when they covered it at the Star Club. But that's kind of a cool Beatles discovery. It just shows how in deep they were, not just to black music, but Tin Pan Alley as well. Say, up in Harlem, at a table for two. There were four of us, me, your big feet, and you. From your ankle up, I'll say you show sure are sweet. From that down, there's, there's too much feet. Yes, your feet's too big. Don't want you cause your feet's too big. Can't use you cause your feet's too big. I really hate you cause your feet's too big. Where'd you get them? Your girl, she likes you. She thinks you're nice. Got what takes to be in paradise. She said she likes your face, she likes your rig. Man, oh man, them things are too big. Oh, your feet's too big. Don't want you cause your feet's too big. Mad at you cause your feet's too big. I hate you cause your feet's too big. Well, then you got their solo years. And, you know, of course, obviously, uh, Lennon did his rock and roll covers record. Paul McCartney also did something very similar in the, uh, was that early 90s, right? The Yeah, the Chobabi CCCP, the Back in the USSR record, which yes. I think came out in Russia in 89 and maybe in the U.S. in 91. Oh, buzz me, Casey. I want to hear that damn buzz. <laughs> Ah, TJ, always happy to give you a good buzz. McCartney actually released that album in Russia in 1988, but you are correct that it was released worldwide in 1991. So one buzz, one ding. And then Paul, <laughs> after Linda died, I think a far superior record, that Run Devil Run record in 99. Oh, yeah. Which has some McCartney originals in the spirit. And that's, God, I think Dave Gilmore's playing guitar on that. So that's a great one, too. But yeah, they both did these great covers albums. And your favorite, probably the best tribute to black music, was Ringo's Biku of Blues. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll get to Ringo, man. We'll get <laughs> to Ringo. But, I mean, <laughs> but I want to mention, of course, got my mind set on you. Yeah. Which was James Ray, right? right? Is it James Ray? Yeah. Little Jimmy Ray, right? He only stood five feet tall from DC, moved to New York City. Then later yeah, the played original. Webster on the show of the same name. <laughs> yeah. You know, he slept in a kangaroo's pouch. I don't know if you knew that. That was like a... <laughs> Who hasn't? Know what I'm talking about? It's what I call my wife. Hey, baby, we've been married a while. Do I still get to see your kangaroo pouch? Oh, I should sleep on the couch tonight. Cool. <laughs> That's one or the other. Pouch or couch? Or couch. <laughs> Coming up, it's little Jimmy Ray from Washington, D.C. Uh... Well, the original is cool. It came out in 62. It's got more of like a Latin feel and some very dramatic backing vocals towards the end of the song, I think around the third time around. It's it's a fun listen. I, I uh, highly recommend giving it a spin. I've got my mind in the song I don't think it's a verse maybe it's a bridge that George didn't do in the cover that cover when George Harrison did it for Cloud Nine was from memory but there's a part of the James Ray got my mind set on you that did not make its way to the Harrison cover yeah last but certainly not least we have uh, Ringo Starr's cover off of the Bad Boy record of Lipstick Traces on a Cigarette I thought you were going to say where did our love go which are another one that is <laughs> oh, no. God, baby, baby, with featuring singers on cocaine in a different city. <laughs> no, Lipstick Traces on a Cigarette. Originally, also 1962. A lot of these songs were from 62, man. That was like a hot year for Beatle inspiration. I guess it was probably one of the last years when they had to rely on cover material. They started writing their own around this time. Yeah, that's right. That's a great poll, Tony. That that's that that's a. Uh, I love that we got one from Bad Boy Yo 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 on the uh, on, on the list. Well, Benny Spellman, he he sang a backing vocal on Ernie Cato's mother-in-law. He was a New Orleans R and B singer. You're 
you're not there I'm telling you now like I told you before I'm so in love with you Don't leave me no more Lipstick traces On a cigarette Every B-side is Fortune Teller, which was a song covered by the Stones and the Who. So it all goes around on a 45. Yeah, what comes around goes around. Yeah, exactly. Um, one observation I wanted to make while kind of researching the show, Tony, is uh, if you look at that first live of the BBC record, and by the way, if you bought the reissue of that a couple years ago, it's different mastering and mixing than the original live of the BBC reissue from 1994. Is that right? The, the 94 version, the songs bleed together here. There's a few seconds between each track. They sourced nice. better BBC material. But 15 of the first 28 songs on disc one, I'm not including like the spoken bits, like riding on a bus or that stuff. 15 of the 28 songs on disc one are covers of songs recorded by black artists. And it's just gobsmacking. There's no other Beatles record. I mean, maybe the Beatles second album that has all the rock covers on it, but 15 songs that are covers by black artists. You got Ray Charles. I got a woman. We didn't talk about Chuck Berry or little Richard on this episode. We've done it before, but those two are separate. There's no Paul McCartney without uh little Richard and there's For no sure. George Harrison without Chuck Berry. Maybe no John Lennon without Chuck Berry. So yeah. they're just as important. Um, the first proper song, other than the From Me To You jingle on the first BBC record, is John doing I Got A Woman by Ray Charles. And then you've got Little Eva, Keep Your Hands My Baby. You've got Youngblood, Shutter Rhythm and Blues, Some Other Guy, Baby It's You, Carol, Soldier of Love. The first live at the BBC is just an emblematic look at how the Beatles loved and honored black music. It's a real trip hearing that record now, especially doing the research for this show. Well, let's talk about some favorite Beatle covers that were done by black artists. I'll start with one. You actually already mentioned it, but I want to give it a little spotlight. Al Green's version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Oh, it's like Totally butter. fun. Oh, my God. And he does sing I Get High. He does not sing I Can't Hide. That's Al Green singing I Get High.
That's one of my favorites, Tony. I mentioned my other two. Stevie Wonder's We Can Work It Out is great. Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way. On the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. We can work it out. Nina Simone's Revolution, which I only discovered about a half decade ago, is phenomenal. I'm here to tell you about the destruction of all the evil that will have to end. We disagree on the Earth, Wind, and Fire got to get you into my life, which I love because it's Beatles plus Soul plus Yacht Rock, and I'm here for it. Acknowledge that it is truly adored by more people <laughs> than it should be. But, you know, <laughs> tomato, tomato on the earth, wind and fire. Uh, I mentioned this on our cover show, but I want to mention it again. Marsha Griffith's version of Don't Let Me Down. It has a kind of a, a groovy reggae, lo-fi, fuzzy sound to it. I like that one. Nobody ever loved me like it does. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Fitzgerald's version of Savoy Truffle is <laughs> pretty cool. Space age funk. Cream tangerine. A ginger swing with a pineapple heart. A coffee dessert. Yes, you know. Better than her Hey Jude. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're getting kind of into novelty stuff here, but Lena Horn. Checked into his room. Only to find Gideon's Bible. I'm picking a lot of White Album era stuff here. Uh, well, especially Ramsey Lewis. Kind of, if, if he did like a whole record that was just like uh, Julia. You know, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Sexy Sadie.
also Rocky Raccoon. Well, and probably, you know, one of the coolest connections, given Billy Preston's connection with the Beatles, his Beatles covers as a solo artist are phenomenal. And whether it's him doing My Sweet Lord as a single or at the concert for George many years later... Billy Preston's take on Blackbird. Billy Preston doing Get Back in the Mm -hmm. Sgt. Pepper film. That is a guy who loved his relationship with the Beatles, and boy, did they fucking love him. Indeed. I should also mention Chicago's own The Five Stair Steps, their version of Dear Prudence. I can't get off the white album here, it seems. Here, how about this? Fats Domino, Lovely Rita. Lovely Rita, need a maid. Nothing can come between us. We should mention Little Richard. You know, Little Richard did like a 70s cover of uh, I Saw Her Standing There, which sounds very 70s. I've never heard that one. I've heard the Jerry Garcia one from 82, which is not his finest moment. Like he just kind of noodles in the same key for a while. Jerry Garcia Ben also does a 95 minute version of Dear Prudence. It's actually not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. on Halloween, right? (laughs) That's fish, right? Oh, what fish show are we seeing? Why is fish doing the Broadway version of Tommy? Both discs. I don't need to hear that. George Martin produced that, by the way. There's a Beatle Broadway trivia. George Martin produced the uh, the Broadway uh, cast album of tommy for the good folks at rca records yeah and then there, there's some obscure ones like blues artist swamp dog doing lady madonna is great lady madonna lying on the bed listen to the music playing in your head booker t doing all the songs from abbey road booker t yeah, and the mgs mecklemore avenue mecklemore avenue yeah Tony, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, look, say what you want about Ebony and Ivory. Say what you want about Say, Say, Say. They are two of the biggest selling songs in Paul McCartney's catalog. And Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder had such a relationship that on the original Red Rose Speedway album, Paul McCartney, at a huge expense, had pressed in Braille, We Love You, Stevie. Yeah. So even, even for that, Paul was still, you know, super paying tribute to Stevie Wonder. Then there's the weird cocaine sessions with Stevie and like you can't hear anything and it's like Jesse Ed Davis and you know what I'm talking about? Like uh, And the Jesse White Tumblers. <laughs> Jesse Ed Davis, the Jesse White Tumblers and formable BJ Armstrong tomorrow at Montgomery Ward on Tui. <laughs> Grand opening because one thing's true, Montgomery Ward will never fucking close. Montgomery Ward! 
It's called a toot and a snore in 74 is the bootleg. And oh, crazy. It's got okay. like a, a John M. Paul maybe on it, but it's Stevie Wonder and a couple other randos. You can't hear anything and it's a mess. And everybody's on oodles of cocaine, which, by the way, was an unreleased Ringo album produced by Chips Moman. <laughs> well, happy Juneteenth to you, TJ. I'd like to leave you with Al Jarreau's version of She's Leaving Home. Thank you all for listening. Please let it be the mono one so it's faster. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. As the day ends, silently closing her bedroom door, leaving the note that she hoped would say more, she goes downstairs to the kitchen. Clutching her handkerchief Quietly turning the back door key Stepping outside, she's free Our lives. We 